This following episode contains spoilers for the film or films being discussed. You have been warned. remember the big moments in the movies we see, the big set pieces, the famous dialogue, the twists, the naked times. But film is an entity made up of hundreds of little moments that either make them special or relegate them to obscurity. We are here to talk about those moments. Welcome to Movie Microscope. Kick it, Movie Microscope. Today's episode is Spartan. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest movie, Microscope. My name is Nick Nunziata, and I'm your gracious host. Alongside me, the styrographic, lintastic, spirographic, cornucopic, completely Kelly-eccentric and caliente, Justin Wydell. How's it going? Oh, man. It's going. I, I had an incident happen to me today. What's that? And I felt like a, it was a recurring, something recurred okay. in my life. I, I rescued a turtle from the road. Which I've done before. Yeah, I've done that quite a few times recently too. And um, he was cute, man. He was little, and he—I didn't realize he was a turtle at first. So my car—I realized it a little too late. But so I rode over him. And my car didn't run him over, but I angled him in such you know in such a way the wheels wouldn't touch his body, which would have been fatal if that had happened. I imagine. Circled back, he tucked in, and I plucked did, him off the road. Did he pee? No, he did not pee, and I got him to safety. And uh, I did my tag. I did my graffiti tag on a shell, and I was out of there. You know what they like? Turtles. Mm-hmm. They like it if you rescue them on the road and then put them in a box in a Latin attic for 30 years. <laughs> you know, he did say when I left, he did he did uh, telepathically link to me and say he was trying to commit suicide. Thanks a lot, buddy. Yeah. is what he said as I try to heroically leave. No, he was cute, man. He was little. He was quick. He was trying to move across the road, but the problem was... He was going to encounter a curb, like a pretty high. What do you do when you're the cur- you're the turtle and you encounter that? You head back? What do you do? I don't think you understand how flexible turtles can be. You think they can climb that wall? Yeah. If not, legs dr- go in, jetpacks come out, and he gammers up that rock. <laughs> so you said you've done this recently? Yeah, I was, I was going to a golf course to meet some friends, and there was this beautiful asshole crossing the street. Slow yep. ass. He was a biggie. Oh, he's a big one. Big Two-hander? Butte, a big butte. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I actually parked my car in the middle of the road at an angle because there was a long stretch and people were driving 25. You know, I took yep. that little candy man, took him to safe. That's awesome. This guy bit me as I was leaving. And now I've, I started having turtle powers. Nice. You yeah. Die, so you die a slow death and I'm slow. Face looks like a dick. <laughs> you got that. that Huge some of those, zoom. some of those like red-eared sliders have like that Harry Morgan face. You notice that? Oh yeah, they got like a little Harry Morgan. The the nostrils flared out, pointy pointy beak. Yeah, a little looking like the ready for the you know Harry the, Morgan from Mash. Yeah, he always had that red-eared slider kind of look to him. <laughs> like you might be Grace, like he smells something cool. 
I might not recall this, but for a long time ago, I wrote a uh, article on Chud, a blog piece, your old website about me rescuing a turtle. Do you remember that? Of course. It's quite a hit. How much traffic did it bring to your site? I don't know. How much money did you make off that bad boy? I don't know. Think we could find it if we dug we dug into the grave or the probably dug not. into the probably the not. cool earth of the internet. The shoe thief and the turtle were your two big ones. My only ones, I believe. Yeah, oh. I had another article about somebody that stole shoes from our carport. Yeah. It was hilarious. Mm-hmm. So what else is happening in your life? I'm just fucking you know. Nick, how are you dealing with it? How are you dealing with it? Wait, what is the it you refer to? Having a hit podcast. We don't have a hit podcast. We have a delightful sleeper. Little Jason Patrick. It's a good episode and a wonderful movie. Hmm. Shares a little in common with today's piece. Yeah? You think so? We'll get into it. Has this, both movies start with an S? Man, you fucking... Thanks for taking all of my steam out. <laughs> you know... <laughs> Jesus. Both movies are one-worders? Onion being peeled back right before my eyes. No, no, no mystery for the listeners. Both uh, movies are penned by insane authors. You're on an anti-mammoth roll right now. He got to fuck himself. You got to, you got to slow that roll. He is a very talented piece of shit. I will say. <laughs> you shouldn't judge, man. Fuck him. Okay, that's a good movie. Fuck him. Now this. Oh, love movies, uh, and just so it turns out we have a podcast about him. Hmm. It's a movie microscope. It's a show in which we zoom in. We watch a film through metastatic eyes, channeling the inner harbor and punctuating each ramrod with a mystical energy, slowly pot boiling until our secrets pour through every vein, every throbbing heat muscle, and we rub our legs together like crickets until sweet music comes out. <laughs> and then we watch a film, chitter a while, and then share with the likes of you, the listener, see what makes or breaks. <laughs> so if we're talking about town and country... We're going to talk about the scene where Warren Beatty is infuriated when he stumbles across his summer cottage only to find Diane Keaton in a sexual tryst with none other than Mr. Belial himself. <laughs> talk about the little moments. You think Belial would be a good lover? Oh, yeah. Take your time. No, absolutely. Tender, you know, knobby fingers probing and grabbing, head layers. All pluses. All pluses. His... his Bizarre pudding head moving around. All pluses. <laughs> I think he prides himself on his um, skills in the sack. Fuck yeah, and man. On the sack. Yeah. He's like Belial's, he's pretty arrogant, right? He's like, I thought you were I thought you were having sex with some silly putty. <laughs> but no, it's it's Mr. Bar Mr. Belial Esquire. Yeah, he's hot. Do you, do you think anybody ever, like in the audience, in the viewing audience that watched those films, ever got attracted to Belial? Yeah. <laughs> Take your time. Yeah, as a matter of fact, Janet Maslin quoted Dreamy in her review. <laughs> featuring the Dreamy Belial. <laughs> you think they call him Lyle for short? I didn't. I can't remember the movie. Did they ever just call him Lyle? Probably, yeah. Belial is like, where does that come from? Is that like a demon? Yeah, I mean, that's the that's the sleight of hand, the deft touch of one Frank Henenlotter. Yeah, you know, demonic name, but actually, we find out he's actually burgeoning hip hop star B. Lyle. Oh, is he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where he's up to these days, old Belial? Where where is the hell that puppet is? 
About one five. He's uh, that's what he's up to. About one five. With in, he- in heels. I think if we searched eBay, that someone would be selling like a Belial, like a <laughs> yeah effect or something you know, like a puppet, a Belial puppet. Right. How many times did you see Tana Country? Speaking of, I don't think I've ever seen it. Is it the one that Beatty took forever <laughs> to to finish? I don't think so, but maybe he didn't direct that. He didn't direct it. No, I think no. Are you sure? I'm positive. Speaking of, we rode a town and country to see Hellboy. Did we? The car. We that's what we rented when we drove cross half cross country. And it was in 2004, which is when this movie came out, correct? I don't know. I think we might have seen this movie in Austin. Now, this movie is named Town and Country, named after a car. What are some other great movies named after a car? <laughs> that's, that's, I wish you had given me time to prepare. You're right. It's directed by Peter Chelsom. His nickname in Hollywood, The Hitmaker. Yeah. <laughs> is, he still, is he still kicking it? Uh, he's got to be dead. You think so? Yeah, you got to end on a super note. Still alive. In fact, young. Born in 56. Oh. Sometimes an actor. Chesham? Chelsea. Is it Chelsum? I'm going to say Chesham. What was your question? What's your favorite movie named after a car? All right. I'm going to think about that, but I'm going to go through. He directed the Hannah Montana movie, by the way. Peter Chelsum. It had a name, right? Or is it just called the Hannah Montana movie? That's what it was called. Did Serendipity, Town of Country, The Mighty, which is a movie that everybody loves. Yeah. Never, never forgotten. Is that Jillian Funny Anderson Bones. or Sharon Stone? I believe. Okay. Might, I think she might have been in that too, though, Jillian Anderson. I doubt it. I bet I think they're both in it. There's no way. There's no way I got that. Not only did you get it, I'm not seeing her come up real. Yep, she's in it. Well, can, you ma- can you name one more actor from it though? Jody Foster. Is it is it Joseph Mazzello in it? No. There's a boy actor, right? Joe Perino or something? He looks mm. like him. Meatloaf's in it. Oh god, I hate him. Mm. I hate I hate him. I'm gonna zoom in real quick. Mm-hmm. One of our finest actors. <laughs> you know what his real name is, right? Mm-mm. Meatloaf. <laughs> he, you got to hand it to him. He kept it. He kept Meatloaf. Yeah. He didn't switch back to his uh, his quote unquote Christian name when he became an actor. He That's just kept Meatloaf. His full name though is Meatloaf Jones. Is it? <laughs> uh, movies named after cars. Um, I, can you even think of any? Cat- a, a Buick Eight. Lambo. Ferris Buick. Oh, you're doing that. Ferris Buick. <laughs> D- DeLorean Claiborne. <laughs> so That's Blo- a- uh, Bloody Hyundai. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that Martin Scorsese film? Hugo. It's pretty good. <laughs> I Toyota. That's that's the one I came up with. For I, Tanya, <laughs> close. It was good. I like it. What kind of car do you have right now? What's what's the make and model? It's a GMC uh, Arcadia. Denali, Denali. <laughs> See if you can put that in a title. Can you get that into a title? And I'll do my Subaru Outback. Peggy Subaru got married. Nice. Not bad. I don't. I got a. I've got initials. It's tough, man. You do GMC. I used to have a Chevy Equinox. There's a movie called Equinox that works. Before that, and a Mazda. Uh, Mission to Mazda. Very good. Before that, I drove Old Yeller. (laughs) (laughs) Insane. (laughs) Poor Old Yeller. I can't even say his name. Poor Old Yeller. Do you think he was driven nuts because they called him Old Yeller? Do you think that's one of the reasons he went so apeshit? Yeah, that and he got bit by a rabid creature. Uh, Do you think the film played well up north where it was called Old Yellow? (laughs) (laughs) He got shot at the end, remember? No. So first of all, I don't like when you spoil 
brand new movies. They gut shot him too. It took him hours to die. Yeah, and they went in and had dinner. I like the that the he, he stuck the gun in the dog's mouth and fucking he's like try to make it look like a suicide. <laughs> hey, Danny, left- your dog's in the yard. He offed himself. <laughs> he left a note. <laughs> what about where the red fern grows? There's some sort of dog murder in that too, right? No, so that's a traumatic experience for me. My teacher read that book to us when we were in elementary school, and both dogs die in that book. And you love them. You love the dog so much, and they both die. I think one dog dies, and the other dog dies of heartbreak after the first dog dies. And the kids in the class were all crying. We all cried. And the teacher closed the book, and she says, Welcome to the earth. This is reality. <laughs> and then she, she goes, Coda, both dogs in hell with Dr. Reinhardt in them. <laughs> <laughs> where the red fern grows right did you uh you were, they made a movie out of it i think did you ever see that bad boy uh-uh i don't think i want to if i remember right there was hunting there is yeah i don't need it the dogs were hunter hunting dogs you know but yeah. they're sweet they're good doggies were they bloodhounds i think they were bloodhounds they're something like that yeah so describe to the uh listeners your experience with the movie spartan like i said i think we saw in austin Way back in 2004, when we were on a trip with our friends. And well, we did a Chud screening of it. I know that for a fact. I don't think I saw it in the screening. Anyway, we all, I know I went with a group of folks to see it, and I remember really liking it. But I was a fan of Mammoth's work. I liked The Spanish Prisoner a lot, which was before this. The Winslow Boy, didn't he do that before this? Great movie. The best G-rated movie. Glenn Gary, Glenn Rossi wrote. Um, House of Games. House of Games, which is a movie I really like. And... Uh, you know, he, he just is kind of one of those guys that you, he's just a unique filmmaker, you know, obviously a unique writer. And I think his movies are pretty special. He wrote Untouchables. He wrote Untouchables. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He wrote something else great. There's another big, I mean, I love Heist. Heist came after this and that may be a little bit, I like it too. It's not maybe as successful as this, but I mean, as far as it's not as good as this, this movie was a huge failure. But most of his movies are, I think, that he directs. He wrote another big one, though, like a big action type of movie that was... Did he? It's wearing a beret in his uh, IMDb That's, that's unfortunate 100% of the time. Not really doing much. Oh, he wrote a sexual perversity in Chicago. Well, which was, yeah. About last what was night. that? About last night? Yeah. Is that what they changed the title to? Uh, he wrote, oh, Red Belt, which is fantastic. He wrote, he wrote The Edge, which is great. Um, State Maven. He wrote, he wrote Hannibal, Love which it. is pretty good. Love it. Ronan. That's the one. Wag the dog, which only oh, wrote the edge of we, which we did. Yeah, he's, and then the big one, the one that he, everybody loves the most, Oleana. Yeah, and Hoffa. You like Hoffa, right? I do. Oh, he did. He directed Homicide too. I think he. I think he directed that. He did, which is pretty good. I was so disappointed with that when I saw it. I bet you'd like it better if you check it out again. That's a lot of looking at um, William H Macy, if I remember right. No, it's a lot of looking at Joe Montana. That's harder. But anyway, uh, he hasn't really done anything for a while. It looks like since 2014. Except for Rebe- Rebecca Pigeon. Or 2013, he directed the Phil Spector movie with the wild-haired <laughs> Al Pacino. Then he came out as a huge conservative, and then he became out, he came out as a huge Trump guy in the last year or two, which is shocking to me because he actually you know directed wrote and directed a, a con artist movie <laughs> maybe he just says he appreciates the con a little too much but um never cast him or huh? his father james 
Anyway, so yeah, this one. Um, that my experience was, I just remember really liking this. I've seen it since. It's definitely an odd movie. I, I watch it a lot, and it, the thing that irritates me is there's nothing like it, and I'm always wanting more like it, and there's nothing like this movie. I think it's got a pretty great combination. I think I think Val Kilmer, who's the lead here, is so good in this movie that he helps sell some of the rough patches which are very few, but there are some rough patches in this movie, but Kilmer's so good. Um, it's just a really, it's a nice, obviously, um, collaboration between these two, these two artists. But I think that didn't Kilmer get this role because he was in the right place at the right time. He's like a, a lunch or something. Yeah. Overheard conversation between Mamet and his producers. Yeah, this was almost a Travolta movie. Yeah, who, you know what? Travolta would have been good in this. I'll say it. Yeah, he, he's very good. He would have been, I mean, he, he played, he's done it, like basic, you know, one of the mm-hmm. best. But he would have been, he would have been, I think he would have played this really well. It would have been a good role for him. But he wouldn't, um, have, he wouldn't have had the cheek, like the, the cheek pimple though, like the jaw pimple. It might not have been as much of a surprise as Kilmer is in this movie. I think, I think Kilmer's a little bit of a surprise here. He's certainly against type casting no, him in this. There's no type. He's too good. I think so. All right. So why don't you talk, why don't you talk about the plot a little bit? So here's the deal. Kilmer is a guy who military fellow comes in to help train folks, comes in to do some wet work, doing all sorts of cool shit. And b- by golly, the daughter of somebody very high up in the political food chain is kidnapped. And the president? It, yeah, he's pretty high up there. He's a he's a cog in the machine of trying to rescue her and find her. Right. He's kind of the, the blunt instrument out there in the field doing the work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he runs afoul of uh, unsavory shenanigans pertaining to her disappearance and the emphasis on whether or not she should be returned. Yeah, it's a kind of a traditional plot where no. he's kind of, well, a little bit. He's Brilliant. kind of, you know, he's a guy that, like you said, is a he's a worker bee, as he says mm-hmm. many times in this movie or a couple of times. And he's, he just takes orders and, 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 and executes them all. And then he starts to not really wanting to, but he a friend of his, or, or at least a person that trained under him, kind of snips out a conspiracy and he he starts to uh, go off book, so to speak. Of course, the real gem here is it's it's is the marriage of David Mamet with a spy movie or, or, a, or yeah. a covert ops movie. His ability to create weird, fun dialogue, to take pedestrian plotting and, and to give it its own little juice uh, is the real meat of this. The only reason to watch this movie is to see the familiar treated considerably different than we're used to. Exactly. And um, talk about the cast here a little bit. You got Val Kilmer, Valkyrie Kilmer in the lead, Derek Luke. You got Johnny Messner, Tia Texada. You got Saeed Tamaguchi. You got Ed O'Neill, Kristen Bell, William H. Macy. You got Stephen Culp. You got uh, William H. Macy and Ed O'Neill are mammoth regulars. Right. Kind of part of his his stable of actors. Uh, Oh, and we didn't. Did you mention him in a weird way? Agents of Shield. Uh, okay. I haven't mentioned him yet. Mentioned him. I can't remember. Clark right Gregg. Clark Gregg in this. David Paymer. Paymer shows up. I know you're happy to see him. And that's the majority of the men. That's it. I mean, that's that's the you thing. Got no, Re- you got Andy Davoli. No Rebecca Pigeon. His boo didn't make the cut to make the cast list. You got the scarecrow in this. I believe that Mammon also married another one of his leading ladies. I think him and uh, Lindsay Krause. I thought him and, and uh, maybe Patty Lapone. Him and Lindsay Krauss were uh, together betwixt the sheets at one point. And I think what happens when you leave his good graces, what happens? You go do their arrival. <laughs> you know, that's why Rebecca Pigeon ain't leaving that piece of shit. Yeah, he did put it in her. They had two kids together. They, he had four kids, two with each. Did he? Yeah. I no, that's too bad. That's too bad he reproduced. 
you want to be pleased when you go to Lindsey Krause's IMDb page, the trailer for the arrival auto starts. <laughs> she's not working anymore, right? She was a she's a lost the acting world. She's always good when she showed up and stuff. I thought that is as generous a praise as one could deliver to Lindsey Krause. I miss her. I do miss her, though. If there's ever an in memoriam for her Academy Awards, there'll just be a question mark. Huh? She came and went. All right. Some big. How's this movie start? Some, with with uh, some training sequence. Mm-hmm. Yep. In, Similar in the, to Rush in the woods. For, it kind of starts off a little awkwardly. Looks a little bit uh how do you say like super low budge yeah. out in those woods. Looks like that they had like a data shoot. Yeah. Some army people running around. I thought we were talking about Belial again, but, but you didn't say low bulge. I, I misheard. <laughs> <laughs> that little play-doh perineum <laughs> i just google googled two words belial hung question mark <laughs> it all it auto it auto filled in after i typed in b <laughs> god Anyways, damn you so, microsoft edge so what you find out is he's training he's training um some new recruits or at least some some special forces folks, whatever. And he's hard on them, Nick. Yeah. About he's hard on them. But they're, they're, they're so in awe of him. Derek Luke, who's one of the people, says to him, it was great meeting you. What does he say? I don't remember. Cuts him off. He says, you haven't met me. Oh, yeah. That's his character, right? He's never going to give you the easy out. He's never going to give you the friendly pat on the back. He's all biz. I like Kind of a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I like the whole knife discussion. That's later with, the, with the, his... Uh, compatriot is that messner maybe yeah teach him then, to kill he's talking about he studied studied uh, knife fighting yeah and then kilmer goes teach him to kill that way when they meet someone they taught knife fighting to they'll send his soul to hell <laughs> so good <laughs> oh, that later that's later that's, 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 the, it's very early very early in the, the knife discussion later is what i was thinking yeah of. that's a different knife yeah, discussion yeah. there's a lot of knife discussions in this movie it's a couple there's some there's some worrying over a knife later on they say it's the godfather of knife just dis- knife discussions you think so yeah I'm going to bookmark it. What's your favorite um, Johnny Messner performance? <laughs> I don't even remember. Is Johnny Messner the guy that he breaks his arm? No. Johnny Messner is the other covert guy. Yeah. The guy that turns out to be kind of betray him. Yeah. He was yeah. in the Anaconda movie. Uh, your favorite. I believe he's in Tears of the Sun. <laughs> is, he, is he still killing it? Johnny Messner? Absolutely. Well, how's this COVID been? You hear all these actors all the time talking about studying the Meisner technique. It's like, uh, yeah, I learned how to work out and look tough and look Latin, sort of. 51 years young. He's hot. Oh, married to one of your favorites. Hold on, hold on. Let me guess. Let me guess. Joanna Going. No, let me this gu- is going to let me guess. It's going to shock you. Uh, let me th- let me guess again. Oh, my God. Paige Turco. No. All right. You're close. You're close as hell, though. <laughs> let me get Catherine. Catherine Morris. Oh, God. My least fave. That's what I'm saying. My least fave. Well, it, Paige Turco is one of your favorites. I thought you were talking about your least, least faves. I just wanted to mention Paige Turco on this hit podcast. Get her, um, get no. her, watch her star meter rise. Messner's still pumping his legs. He's still doing it. He's still out there. He's hitting the pavement. He's still laying uh, supine on the casting couch. I don't know how. He, how does he get rolls? I actually checked his supine. This supine is a. I checked his Twitter handle. It said, uh, "Got a callback on Live Free or Die Hard." <laughs> he was. Um, Run around with Seagal not five years ago on the Perfect Weapon. The Perfect Weapon is not a Seagal film, is it? That's a Jeff Speakman. 
2016. He must have. They must have re- took that, taken that name. Do you remember the perfect weapon? Sort of. Yeah, in the 80s, right? Late 80s. Late 80s, early 90s. What was the, his martial art of choice, Jeff Speakman? Ong back. Was no, it? No, no, no. That's that? not. That's not a martial art. Um, what there was a. He had. He had his own. It was. He popularized it for about 12 minutes. Speaking of Mesner, on back on the casting couch. You know what I'm saying? That's how he. I don't know what he did. He talk him to death. That would fit his last name. Jeff Speakman. Mm-hmm. He's a perfect weapon. Is he still killing it? How, how's his COVID? He, he killed it for a very short time. Let me look him up. I, I need to know what his martial art was called. I did see his TED talk that he released last year. Tempo. He's not looking good. What do you mean? Let me t- let me rephrase. He's not looking good in 2008. I feel him on that. I can relate. Yeah, he was one of those guys where saw it in the theater. He didn't pull it off. He was in the perfect weapon. That was it, right? That was kind of his big break. That was in a starring role. Yeah, I think he was mm-hmm. a trainer or something, and they were like, hey. This guy's hands move fast. Let's have him. I got one question for you. Uh-huh. How have we not done the perfect weapon yet? It doesn't make any sense. We should assume that immediately. The first, yeah. Mako's in that movie. Mariska Hargaday is in that movie. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Dante Basco from, uh, or whatever, from Hook in there. $3. It's $3 away. It's just $3. It's $3.99 away from us right now. That's the only distance it needs to travel. Mako, yeah. James anyway. Hong. Yeah. Yeah, we might have to do that. He's a young. He plays a young delinquent in that movie. We're done. It's happening. Perfect weapon, guys. Just mark your cow. What's your favorite written thing on a piece of paper in this movie? Stand two. <laughs> didn't know they were big. I didn't know they were fans of of Big Night. That's actually exactly the the the. T- <laughs> That's actually the. It was a little callback to Old Yeller. That was Old Yeller's suicide note. Said so stand two. <laughs> stand two. He gets a stand two. Uh, he's leave, He's about to leave a training camp, and Kilmer gets he he gets stopped, and he gets this little note that says "Stand too," and he does. He's like, "Okay, I'm, I'll do that." They take him to. Doesn't he get on a helicopter right almost right away? <clears throat> he does, and they immediately take him to Clark Gregg, as you do, who is who is mammoting up the place. He's great with that dialogue. Yeah, he's he's perfect mammoth. Well, the thing the thing is, I think we've talked about this before, mm-hmm. but mammoth mammoth speak as they call it. If you don't like it. These movies have to be excruciating to watch. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. Because they—they they, it's so overt, it's so it's so specific, it's so over the top to an extent in the way that like guys like Clark Gregg deliver it. You know, you think about like what how Kevin Smith st- stuff is. Sure, this is like on the other side of that coin. No, but it's it's like um, you know I remember one of the things I remembered from this is them repeating over and over again, "Where's the girl? We got to get the girl." They keep saying they keep talking about the girl over and over again, and. I think a lot of critics at the time really didn't like this movie because it is a strange film. It does seem very Mammon famously operates in what he writes in iambic pentameter. And it's just like, it just feels very stilted in a lot of ways. And, but I think it's, it's very clever and, and um, I love a lot of the dialogue, but yeah, it, it was not a commercial or a critical hit at the time. But I think since then, a lot of people have come around on it. Sleeper. If they remember it, that's the thing. Who's talking about, spartan these days I, I talk about it all the time kilmer did a commentary track which we didn't listen to but it's supposed to, supposed to be worth listening to it's not on the digital solo, copy solo track they don't have it on the digital copy no kilmer by the way as a side note he's been good so much and stuff like he has been so great in a lot of things the snowman and i mean top secret we did amazing kiss kiss bang bang tombstone which we mentioned recently this I mean, MacGruber, real genius. MacGruber is fantastic. And it's just he was good for a long time. He just had that. 
had that bad rap. Yeah. He was actually kind of a good Batman, wasn't he? He's fine. I mean, he's great in Heat. And the, what's the movie, the blind movie? Real Genius. Red Planet. By the way, John Grise and Real Genius. Do you remember his character? Oh, yeah. He had Waldo? Laszlo, Laszlo, Laszlo Holofield. Laszlo, that's right. And you know his big his big thing in that movie was hiding in the closet or something, living in the he closet. He lived in a closet, but he also he figured out a system where he would uh, send away uh, cereal boxes, like cereal by something like sweepstakes. And he sent away so much he figured there was a percentage that he would win, and he was right. And that's how he kind of got rich. Right. And then he did the, he did the grise cry, fell to his death in that movie. Remember what he said? Oh God! <laughs> Love at first sight. Was that? <laughs> that's got to be it. Anyway, excellent in this movie. And there's a guy that what they figure out in this movie is there's a there's a guy that kind of fell asleep at his post. Like he went off they, this, this security, this the security detail guy that's supposed to protect the president's daughter at college. She gets snatched and they're questioning him at this place. Um, and they as soon as Kilmer gets there, Clark Gregg asks him to go in and play like a role for him. You know, he, and Kilmer jumps right in basically without any direction, starts pretending that he was also like on the job. Remember he and and that, that he's being he's being accused of, of of falling down on the job as well. And then he punches the guy. It's just like this big. I didn't describe it well. He, didn't, he killed it. Yeah. There, there's a there's a yeah. They, there's a little entire a stagey production to this whole interview process. No, he improvs. That's what I was trying to say. Kilmer improvs. He does a little. Um, what do they call that when you improv? A little object work. Um, That's the Messner technique, I think. That's the Messner. Yeah. But he does, and he and and then this guy eventually actually kills himself. But you don't. I think later on the movie suggests that he didn't actually. This security guard kill himself. This they suggest that he was killed. And that's Stephen Culp, known for playing RFK in Thirteen Days. Oh wow, yeah, very very known for that. They have a brief window to figure out who snatched. They they figure out pretty quickly that they think that she was snatched, uh, kidnapped, but they don't know that it's the president's daughter. And so they figure when they, these kidnappers find out, they're going to kill her. So they have like a, a clock starts to go. And it's also a clock because as soon as the press gets a hold of it, the kidnappers will know that the president's daughter, they have who they have. That's the setup, really. It's a bad setup. I set it up poorly. Some great Kilmer moments early on here when uh, he needs some petty cash and the girl comes at him with the cash and some paperwork, asking him to sign. What does he tell her when she asks him to sign it? You sign it. You sign it. Like I said, he's a dick. And another, another, another term I love. Another military term: form on me. I didn't remember that. Form on me. Yeah. And I thought at first he was just naming his favorite aha song. They're they're formulating the the plan, and they there's a boyfriend, and so Clark Gregg is like to Kilmer. He's like he's like I need a stalker on the boyfriend, and Kilmer volunteers, and the plan is to wake him up, shake him up, and they do that, and he is he's an angry, jilted. Love her because she's been banging her prof. That's what, yeah, he's, she's been sleeping around. He's really mad. And so Kilmer asked some questions without harming this guy. Who's the boyfriend played by, by the way? It's another famous person. Oh, Aaron Stanfield or whatever? Aaron Stanfield, yeah. Is that He's, he's one of the X-Men, right? Is his last name Stanfield? I think so. Stanfield, Stanfield. He was in that, that Catfish movie, right? What? Wasn't he in a movie called Catfish? And he was definitely in the X-Men films as a minor X-Man. The most important part of this scene, though, when Kilmer's uh, pretending to be a security guard on campus and, you know, interviewing this, the boyfriend, is there's a poster on the wall for a little movie that we also haven't done yet. Let's hear it. Another one word movie starts with an S as well. Can you can you name it? Solo. <laughs> soldier. Oh, my God. Paul. It's a Paul. soldier poster in this movie. Aaron Stanford is his name. 
thought you had that wrong. Well, I don't like his look. He was in, yeah, he said he was in X-Men he, movies he a played, little bit. He played Pyro. He was kind of a good actor. Is he still killing it? Yeah, he is. But what's the movie I was I had him confused with? Was he on Mad Men for a second or Buffy or something? No, or that's Vincent Carthizer. Who was in Yeah. But, oh, yeah, that's right. He kind of looks like Carthizer. He was on Mad Men. One episode. I was right. But that's not how you know him. That is. What am I thinking of? Man. Oh, he's a, he, he's the lead in that the 12 Monkeys TV series. Oops. Tadpole. Yeah, but was Campbell Scott in that movie? In what? Tadpole. You wish. How is our podcast not more popular? So he he follows a lead to this uh, club. One of the my, one of my favorite little moments in the film, actually. Great, it's great. Yeah, uh, Andy Davily, best known for knockaround guys, sitting in a booth. And well, before a, that, and he, a bartender he, that it's yeah. he, he has a chat with, which is a great scene. So he's he's there's some small talk with the bartender, and he's he's pretending he's there just to kind of because he you know looking for a young girl. I love the bartender goes, where are you from? And he goes, yeah. Um, and he, he always like skips over people's questions about him, which is great. She hooks him up. She, he gives her money. She hooks him up with this scumbag. But I love because he, he says he's here looking for his niece. And she goes, a lot of guys come in here looking for someone else's niece, which I thought was a great line. <laughs> that bartender's sort of famous somehow. I can't remember how. Aaron Stanford? She's, she's, some, she's somebody. I don't know why. That stuck out to me, but I, I forgot to follow Fuck, up. Fuck, she's, she's somebody just for that scene, as far as I'm concerned. I forgot to zoom, Nick. I dropped the ball. Was she a cutie? Of course. Maybe that's what she's... Is that what she, was that why she, she went toe-to-toe with... Maybe she's like Mammoth's... Her name is Alexandra Carey. She Mammoth's kid or something? Something. There's something about that scene. Give me some trivia on her. She wrote a book. Oh, God. She has directed television commercials. I knew it. I told you this was this was significant. That's what I, that's what I was thinking of. She is John Kerry's daughter. There you go. That's what it is. She's not. I was joking. I think she is John Kerry's no, daughter. She's not. Come on. I think I think I'm right. I think I'm right. I was I making that up. I was making that up. I think I'm right. She does I think the, you're she, right. She does have a long face. There's no way it would have been mentioned in the triv. Oh my god. She's John <laughs> Kerry's fucking daughter. What the fuck? Alexandra Carey. I man. was joking. She plays the bartender in Spartan. And then you look at her face, and she does look like Doctor Hill from Reanimator. <laughs> yeah, I was joking. Anyway, oh that's, man, that's that's maybe the hugest zoom we've ever done. I don't, and you know, we got there together, and we got there weird. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We got there strange. Um, Carey gasmed and said, "Oh, she's going to be in Spartan." Did he gasm? <laughs> And so he takes Andrew Davoli or Davoli outside. This scumbag who's like, I can't help you. I'm, but I'm he's sort of involved in trafficking. Damn. Yeah, well, that's what. Yeah. It's, so, and they think that this. Yeah, obviously, the girl was at that bar. And then this guy is he's hooking up girls with like customers or so sort of. So they, they know this guy knows something. Kilmer follows this guy to his car. What happens? He, he drags him by a dumpster and starts trying to beat information out of him. Mm-hmm. He does not trying to. He just. He is. He's that's one. Of, that's him. one of the famous scenes I think in this movie. It's a great. It's a great exchange because he he t- tears him around a little bit, and then Andrew Davily goes, "You broke my arm," and then Kilmer really breaks his arm. Says, now it's broken. <laughs> and then a great yeah, the, a great scene with him and Derek Luke during that though. So another thing is Derek Luke's there and uh, is helping him. And what I think is neat about the scene is as Kilmer's roughing this guy up and asking him questions and and scaring him. 
Derek Luke is helping. Like he doesn't shy away from the violence. He doesn't, he is, he's helping him. He's like pinning this guy to the wall. And, and then the scene that you're talking about this, the moment that you're talking about, that's amazing is Derek Luke finally flinches. No, no. The, the best line is there, there's a line of dialogue where he's got, saying, okay, he doesn't, yeah, that's what he, he does flinch. He, yeah. he, he stops because he, because Kilmer goes, take out your knife, take out his eye, take his eye out. Yeah, because we just take out your knife, which Derek Luke does, and then he goes, "Okay, take his eye out." Um, if he doesn't, he, if he doesn't answer a question, he says, "Just take her out." And, and Derek Luke looks at him. He goes, "You bet your life." I know. I love the you. Best. I know. There's yeah. no. There's no dialogue that Derek Luke gives, <laughs> and it's Kilmer. It, it, it's such a quick pause too. He's like, "Take yeah. his eye out." You bet your life. You know, it's like it's so fast. I love it. Yeah, he's like, "I'm not. This isn't a joke. Do it." So then they almost do. <laughs> the guy starts then finally talking. And it leads them to a brothel. And that I love where, the lady who plays the madam of that. She's great. Yeah. Also, John Kerry's daughter. <laughs> and, and Kilmer delivers her a nice ultimatum, too. Mm-hmm. You're going to leave your life or you're going to leave the information in this room? <laughs> well, he does the same thing. There's one of the uh, working girls there. He talks to her and he says the line. He's asking her questions and she's hesitant. And he goes, you got all the slack in the world until you leave this room, until I leave this room. And then I'm going to zero you out. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, another, another another part is that when he, he the way he talks to Derek Luke is the best, and he says, "Show me a set of keys." Like whenever they're going to, and do you like that part when he says, "Show me a set of keys"? I don't remember that because he's like you know because he wants to to leave or to drive away. But do you like when Julie Carmen pops out and is like, "Are they pasta keys?" <laughs> it's a gift that continues to give. They find out that there's someone in prison that knows something about this kidnapping, and so they come up with a very kind of complicated plan. Yeah, I thought that was, is that later or is that right there? Oh, maybe it is a little bit later. Do they go to the, um, oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, they, have, yeah. they, they go to the house first, right? The, yeah, that's a big scene. So they, there's this, there's this house that they, that's a great scene. Yeah. There's this house they visit twice once they have a, a better experience. <laughs> but they, they go to this house, um, following clues to this little island and this little house. Right. So the, the madam gives up this address or, uh, and the, there's an, and, or at least somebody that a person that they can follow to this address, which I think is kind of a neat scene. And they get actually they get in front of that guy because they assume they go, where, where could he be going? And so they get ahead of him and then the cops pull him over before he gets there. He takes Derek Luke there to what to, to snipe, right? You know, to like get his back as Kilmer goes into this. Right. I don't know, this house, like this kind of the shed almost. I guess it's a house, actually. And there's there's guys there that have been keeping an eye on the trapped women, the caught the caught mm-hmm. sex girls. Uh, and we meet a scarecrow, which later comes into the film. <laughs> it does. But there's I caught I caught a mistake in this film. Okay. And it's not mentioned anywhere, I don't think. Um, so, th- so Derek Luke is following him through through his his uh, scope as, mm-hmm. as Kilmer moves through the house with his gun out and all that. And he and he sees on the wall there's this there's this conversation earlier in the film when the boyfriend talks about the symbol that the character uh, that is played by Veronica Mars herself, Kristen Bell. <laughs> she likes this little symbol. She he shows her a letter. This it's little a symbol. Picasso esque spin on a happy face, mm-hmm. and he sees it on the window. But there's a shot, a close up of Derek Luke where he's looking through the window and smoke is coming out of the barrel of his gun and he doesn't fire until the next scene. Oh, really? So they obviously used a take from after he fired there. It's very strange. So it's not that strange if you think about it. I mean, there's pure mammoth. I thought that's a trait. That's a trademark for him. The smoking gun before it, before it shoots. Okay. Well, damn it. I thought I found something. Something thought you did, but you didn't. Okay. And then he shoots and then he shoots out of that barrel and smoke doesn't come out. And so Kilmer goes in this place. There's a immediately. There's a guy there, and Kilmer is like, I, I, love, I love it. He comes. He goes. I came. He's like, I came in off the road. I 
I wanted to see why the TV was on. Why is the TV on? I wanted to check why the TV's on. He makes no sense. The guy is like dumbfounded. Um, starts to keep talking about the TV being on. And then this you see this guy in this other room grab a shotgun. And that's when Derek Luke springs to action, kills this guy, and, Kil- and Kilmer shoots this other guy. And then <laughs> Kilmer runs around the house seeing if there's anybody in there. Just know there's just two, two bad guys. And he runs back to the guy he shot. And the guy's dying. And he tells him to even it up. <laughs> Cause he wants to ask him some questions, even it up. And the guy cannot even it up. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> he zeroes out as, so to speak. And so the next course of action is, as you mentioned, they, ha- they have another path that they can follow where Saeed Tamag, I call him Tamaguchi. I know he's not a virtual pet, but mm-hmm. Saeed Tamag, Tamag, yeah. Three Kings. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and he is one Correct. of two inmates who's being transposed and they have this beautifully staged fake robbery homicide. Right. And so starring Val Kilmer, they do a little thing that they did in the black hole, which they give our character an out to the audience, which is in the black hole. They said, go ahead and kill these, uh, these, these half robot, half people. It's fine to kill all these people in your action scene because death would be a release for them. And in this one, they say they're going to be transporting this guy that you mentioned, this the guy they want to question, along with another inmate that's on death row that's going to die soon. Mm-hmm. He's going to be executed, by the way. he's going to. We're going to execute him soon. We're going to kill him soon. Val Kilmer, do you understand? <laughs> so when you kill him later in the movie... It's, um, it's all good. It's fine, because yeah. he was going to die anyway. That, that guy is also played by... What is his name? Mark something? He's... They're, John Kerry. He's on. He's on the uh, Lost. Are you serious? And Dexter. Yeah. Is he hot? What's it? What's the story? He's on a lot of stuff. Mark something. I love that name. Yeah, Mark from Spartan. Mark Pellegrino. Yeah, Pellegrino. yeah. He's in a bunch of shit. Yeah, he was great in Lebowski. Was he an nihilist? Um, he was something. Um, was he in Lebowski? He was the guy that threw the, with the marmot scene. He was the guy that kept crashing into his house to do shit. Oh, okay. He was one of Jackie Treehorn's goons. He's a good guy. He's a good actor. A good person. Good water. Delicious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's, you know, there's that whole fake gummit. My favorite part though is when he goes into the store after and they have like a bunch of people there waiting. It's all quiet. So what ha- he shows up to this gas station and it's the cut co- the cop pulls over. He's he's transporting these two convicts, pulls over to get gas, and then Kilmer busts out the door and shoots like he shoots the one of the attendants. I guess he shoots the guy, the manager of the gas station then he shoots the cop that's putting gas into the car he's not really killing him he's not really killing them but he's they staged this whole crime scene to convince these inmates that he's he's super tough yeah yeah that he's that he's going to help them escape he he helps one of them escape kills mark pellegrino yeah and and, and the other one he, he helps escape a little later but you're talking about in the middle of all this well, he has to. He says he's going to go back in and do some cleaning up or whatever he says. And then he goes in there and there's a whole bunch of agents all like being quiet and still. And they all have a job to do, but we don't know what that job is. They're very yeah. diligent at whatever it is that they're doing. They're all standing looking at him. He's watching his clock. He's having a drink of water. He's gathering fake groceries and stuff like that. It's awesome. Yeah, it's Mammoth's happy place. It's an illusion. Right? I could have watched that. Illusion. The whole movie could have been that for me. But do you know what I'm saying? Like that's something he does in all his films. Yeah. Maybe he's doing it in real life right now because I don't understand what he's talking about when he says he loves Trump so much. Okay. He's putting on a show. And unfortunately, Derek Luke pulls a rookie mistake uh, and, and exchanges cartridges with another officer in front of the window where Saeed witnesses it, escapes the car, and is forced to be murdered by one Val Kilmer. 
Yeah, so it goes wrong because Derek Luke kind of fucks up. Derek Luke gets shot. He gets shot in the shoulder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great, and so, <laughs> great scene coming up though. Great line of dialogue coming up. All right, what is it? Well, first we see something I never knew. I never wanted to see, and what? that's William H Macy tromping around in a turtleneck. I mean, did you not see Boogie Nights? He's in a turtleneck in that as well. Oh, this is a black crew neck turtleneck tight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe his turtleneck in Boogie Nights was like more of a, a light brown maybe orangish I would, so he, could yeah. he, maybe even white i know it's a light color we can look it up i love that scene with him at the end of boogie nights it's fucking mm. cool doesn't make it to that oh, oh my bad so no um, they're on a cargo plane moving on to the next stage of the journey and and derek luke is bedridden looking all sad and kilmer has a little quiet moment where he goes checks up on him He's checking his pulse talking mm-hmm. to him and derek luke's like kind of a little bit out of it and kilmer goes want some more dope want a dr pepper he offers him a dr pepper to which derek luke said he's trying to tell kilmer that he knows that the president's daughter was there because he saw the symbol the symbol that we talked about the picasso face that she draws and everything he saw that in the window and he says to kilmer in his drugged out state he said i saw the sign and kilmer says it's yeah some funny response then you are truly blessed right and um but i did i mentioned we didn't mention this before this is a little bit of a zoom kilmer is breaking into that place. Remember that we talked about the, where Derek looks outside with the, the gun that he didn't sh- shoot yet smoking. Kilmer goes, when he goes in to say, why is the TV on that whole scene? Yeah. He's breaking in. Like he gets his tools out. He throws it away. He, I love it. He's breaking in. He gets his tool out to, to, to break in. And then he realizes the door is unlocked and he just drops his little lockpick lock tools immediately and gets his gun. Don't need them. That is a super cool move. If you ask me, I think it was just a Bobby pin. No, he actually had a little, I mean, he had like a, some kind of well, tool. It's because his name's Bobby. <laughs> But I just think it's great when he, what would you do in that situation? I would, of course, be tucking that tool back into its case and then putting that case back into my pocket. What I would have done making is. Making sure it was secured. What I would have done is I would have realized that, that the door was unlocked and I would scream back to Derek Luke, <laughs> I don't need my lock pick. <laughs> or I would have dropped it and went, oh shit, and then gone on my hands and knees looking for that you know, you, know? you know you know that thing in movies that i love so much somebody mm-hmm. like drops something they duck and then a bullet hole appears in the door where their head was that'd be great yeah. if he drops his thunderheart he drops his lock pick goes down to pick it up and a bullet hole appears right where his head is on the ground <laughs> dead that would not be cool it'd be cool to see it happen in a movie just once so that goes that goes the way it goes and then there's another briefing where ed o'neill gets to talk and stuff like that and so and it's something really cool happens yeah between um a little, a little shorthand, a little military badass shorthand. Something you never see in, in, in like Commando. What? He walks into the briefing room and, and words are being heart, you know, given out commands. And Mesner just hands him like a little grease pencil without even being requested. And Kilmer starts writing notes on his hand. <laughs> Script notes, acting notes to himself. Kilmer throws away every line in this movie almost. Like he just, he kind of undersells every line, which is perfect, except one, which bothers me. Okay, well, we'll, I'm anxious to hear what it is, but we'll get there. Uh, And then, of course, film takes a a crazy turn because there's a news report with one David Paymer saying that... So they're... Go ahead. Yeah, they're all all set up, right? They're all set up to to go on this mission to rescue, you know, overseas to rescue, you know, the the daughter. Like, they they kind of know where she is. They're going to rescue her. And um, the mission gets called off because... She's dead, they say. They found her body. They... They found their body with the professor that she was supposed to. What's his name? Come on. Uh, Just think of your favorite character from Entourage. Professor E? Professor Sloan. 
Oh, yes. The Sloan E relationship. I was close. We talked about this before, right? A big plot point in, in Entourage was he was trying to get Sloan to participate in anal sex with him for a stretch of episodes. He was trying to convince her. I casually watched Entourage. I thought it was science fiction because I had, I had seen a scene where they had suggested that E and Sloan were in a relationship together. So I, I just assumed it was it was it was sci-fi, hard sci-fi. I know it, it took me out of the show when he said a word and she actually turned her head and acknowledged him. <laughs> Kevin Connolly in this. One of our finest. Hollywood bad boy Kevin Connolly. I heard Direct, uh, I heard director of um uh, Gotti stack up those wins, Kevin Connolly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I believe he got a little me too recently, Kevin Connolly. But he had to get on a step stool to get up to that me too. Yeah, but I, I don't really know what happened. But other than he's, I guess he's just a wild piece of shit. <laughs> so yeah. Can't act. So the the takeaway is, first of all, we we have a feeling we have a feeling pretty early on that we think that this girl is kidnapped as fuck. And that this whole thing is a cover up. You know, Kilmer plays it off. He's like, I'm, I'm done. I'm clocking out. Life goes on. Yeah, life goes on. He goes back to them. He goes to, to uh, buy stuff with Mike's feed and seed. Okay, we'll get there. That's amazing. Professor Sloan, I'm starting to think he's sort of an innocent victim in all of this. I mean, he may have had his way with, he may have been into younger girls. I don't know. That is alleged, but his body was no doubt combed out of that river for sure died for no reason um, yeah let's talk about barnyard kilmer hanging with the farmers because that is so great he's all of a sudden just friendly he's, off. It's a, he's, friend. he's a sweetie yeah, he's planting stuff he's buying stuff he is unconcerned his mission's done right he is he's back to his life no longer called up to answer the call but derek luke shows up in a car swinging some chain that, some keychain that kilmer gave him and Kilmer's like, how'd you find me? And that's because the keychain gave him said Mike's feed and seed or seed and feed. I get it wrong. And um, that's how, that's how they reconvene. But then Kilmer says the line I was talking. Don't you, to you don't about you this. dare say that that's not that's the that's the best line in the movie. <laughs> he over delivers it, and it's a little bit. I, I used to like it too. I I feel like I think Mamet kind of does that sometimes. He he swings and misses, and I think this is kind of a miss. This is a resounding colossal Haruken. <laughs> Are you nuts? It's almost it's almost the most memorable line in this. I can't decide if it's a good or bad thing. It is a it's a Hadouken and a Shoryuken in one fell swoop. Are you nuts? What Kilmer does urgently say it, which doesn't help the line. What's the line? You got to set your motherfucker to receive. It's so because he's trying to he's trying to tell uh Derek Luke, look, we can't. This is there's no conspiracy like we're there's no longer a mission. We got to do what these guys say. And because Derek Luke is like, hey, there's something funny. There's something fishy about this shit. Something rotten in Denmark. If you want to stick to the iambic pentameter conversation. <laughs> and uh, and uh, Kilmer does think his buddy's right because he shows him that symbol, right? This the symbol like that he saw. Well, he says he saw it. He draws it on the car in the dust, mm -hmm. but he breaks out that earring and he shows the earring. Yep. And the earring that got caught in his mat. And it's so funny because, in, you know, I never realized Derek Luke is sort of the hero of this movie in a way. It's a very interesting the way they use him in this movie is very interesting because it it's, does not go as expected. No. At all. That's a, and actually, it's amazing. And I wrote I wrote my note here is it still hurts. Yeah. When he when he gets it. Because it it is so unexpected. It, but they you know, it's happening right when right before it happens. You know, it's going to happen. You can tell. 
Um, not the first time. No way. Maybe not the first time. Yeah. Now but. it's one of the moments I, I'm waiting for because of how well it's done. But there is mm-hmm. no way anybody saw that shit coming. So Kilmer decides to go with his co-worker, his trainee, back out to this house that they shot up where Derek Luke caught this earring in his mat and do a little bit of investigating. They go there and Kilmer is being very cautious. Like he's actually, you know, he's being he's being pretty cautious. Mm-hmm. Derek Luke is not. Because I see something I want to go look at. What happens? Well, he, he, what he's doing is he's showing Kilmer where where he was positioned when whatever. You know, it's not like right. he's like going out to. But yeah, turns out, bang, he gets super <sighs> boat shot. And that's what's so that's what's so smart. I think that Mammoth does here is that is he hurts Derek Luke. He shoots him once, and he, he you know Derek Luke's recovered. So you that usually means you it's a get out of free jail free card for characters if you get hurt and come back into the movie you're safe yeah he ain't safe no <laughs> instant ragdoll <laughs> he gets headshot and dead and kilmer and it's from this in the there's a like a little barge a little they're, a little, they're like a little island a delightful little island yeah and, and, they, and there's like a little fishing boat in the background that you see creeping into the scene <laughs> you don't expect snipers to be on it yeah and then you see the bald sniper on the boat and he is he's taking serious shots at kilmer and he's pretty good at his job but that's that that damn scarecrow shows up again the one that was foreshadowed earlier in the movie and 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 kilmer does the textbook maneuver the scarecrow deke with him he does but the best thing that they don't show because they kind of want to trick the audience a little bit too is they don't show kilmer taking his clothes off and putting his clothes on the scarecrow which would have been a delight to see <laughs> i would have loved to see that yes well especially um, if he, if he spent the rest of the movie wearing the scarecrow's outfit what if he took his clothes off, carefully dressed the scarecrow, and then kissed the scarecrow on the top of his head or something? And then went out naked to get shot. <laughs> so then he does a he does like a like he's gonna make a break for it. You see Kilmer and behind the shed from the perspective of the sniper. And then he then you you think it's you're supposed to think it's Kilmer on the other side, but he really just throws just throws the, the yeah. yeah scarecrow. It's so great. It's so great. And then he's sitting there patiently waiting, and then he checks, and the boat is tr- chugging along. Mission accomplished. And this dumbass sniper, he shot this scarecrow. He doesn't realize it. Right. He thinks he, he thinks he job well done. Well, they on the uh, on the extras on the on iTunes it had deleted scenes, and you see him, he's he carves a notch in his belt for Derek Luke, and then he's got a separate belt of scarecrow murders, and he carves a notch in that one. Do you see do you think it was too much whenever they show the sniper on the way out and he goes, Fuck the wizard of Oz? <laughs> As he's putting away yeah. his gear. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you're gonna need brains again. But, uh, but th- so- this is great because you want to you want to keep in the in the whole uh the scarecrow motif. After mm-hmm. using a scarecrow uh, in a deke, Kilmer instantly wants to get into the tall corn. I love I sent you that line when I was while I was watching this. Oh, I love it. He has to he has to um he has to trot out of there. You know, he's got a he's got a trackers on him. He thinks he, he's got a phone. He's got a damage because he don't want anybody tracing where he is. And then he realizes that he's his phone is bugged. And um, so he leaves it all in pieces. And then he that's when he gets to a phone and he calls for help. And he steals an old man's clothes. Yeah. And he says, he says, yeah, you got to get me into the tall corn. Hey, I need two hour pickup, two hour. And then he starts putting something together and he goes, not two hours, sometimes later or sometime later because <laughs> he starts formulating a new plan. Yeah, a- another great scene is is about to happen. The whole thing's a great. Every there's a series of great scenes in this movie, I will say. Yeah, so he goes to the he go he tries to get with the first lady to get to get in front of her to kind of to to let her know that the daughter lives, right? In a great little scene, he is he is caught 
in a lie by a secret service lady who has him at gunpoint and he's trying once again to do his what's i, I came to see the tvs on the tvs you know he's trying that whole shtick again and she ain't buying it well she says to him she goes who are you and he goes i'm with the secret service she's like no and she pulls out her gun because i'm the head of the secret service and he's like ah 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 hamana 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 yeah <laughs> i am but but I, if you could have just but but the great thing is you know he he does he shows her the uh, he gets to show her the earring and then she's yes. you know she softens up and he's t- telling stories and all that and and you find well, out she, this lady has had a relationship with Christian Bell yeah she gave birth to her but I raised her yeah but yeah. Th- she's getting emotional and it's at that point I realize that she has Jack Elam eyes. Yeah. Her eyes are damaged goods. They're like you think so? Yeah, they're one's on a different plane. She's a little little slothy. Little sloth. Hmm. But I don't I don't hate her for it. Kilmer says to um he's confused and he said they found her how did they, he says something about her DNA, her body. How do they fake the DNA? That's what he says. How do they fake the DNA? And she goes, You don't fake DNA. You issue a press release. Which is it's a damning it's a d- level yeah, statement that is a, yeah. one David Mammoth. Yeah. You know, and there's this, okay, so there's this female military girl we meet earlier in the film who is his protege, maybe, maybe a girlfriend of some sort, maybe, but she kind of is this recurring character and all that. And she's got this motif of two people in green. That's her big thing. Yeah. It doesn't really work. No, she's one of the, she's one of the trainees. Like she's not his girlfriend. She's one, of the one of the places I was reading alluded that they may have something. It's because they read the movie wrong. Who's this idiot? David Mamet makes sense then, but she's got this. That's one of the. That's one of the the arch more arch dialogue things is the two people in green thing. It's like you could have been talking about leprechauns for all I know. I don't fucking care. But she shows up and, and she becomes sort of you know his uh, his uh, his shoulder to cry on, his his ear to listen with, you know his little mm-hmm. you know his little ladder to climb on, his little candy cane to hang on the tree and lick. Well, no, the, you know, you, one thing you didn't, you know, Kilmer wants to bring attention that the daughter's alive to, to, to the first lady. And he wants to make his case. He wants to reveal this, but he doesn't want to do anything about it. He just wants to bring it to everybody's attention. And she's like, you need to rescue her. He's like, I'm just a, that's what I'm saying. I'm just a worker bee. Like he doesn't want to do yeah. anything. He doesn't want to, he doesn't want to do anything more. He doesn't want to get any more trouble than he already is. Cause he's right. not no longer really following the rules. And then out on the lawn of the white house, you see that little, boat moving across you know the, the sniper is back a little lethal weapon that's kind of a lethal a little weapon. eggnog uh, shot yeah, yeah a little eggnog shot kind of what happened to Derek luke a little bit and tom atkins it, but you know what i'm saying did you think you think it was that's mammoth's callback to lethal weapon i'll just say it yeah is. he's like all right let's today we're shooting the hunt sacker scene so where do they go where do they where does kilmer have to head dubai and who and, and he he has a little weird meet up with this guy that yeah. that he's the chinaman <laughs> That he's gonna like get weapons, get get over there, um, and this guy's gonna hook him up with somebody to help him over there. And who's that guy? He's the China. Rec- his nickname is the Chinaman. No, but who's the guy that he hooks up with in Dubai? Australian actor. Oh, he's got the best name of all time. It's not Kick Gurry. Yes, is it, it is. Kick- That's who it is. Yeah. He's in Speed Racer too. His name is Kick, um, which would have been a good name for Jeff Speakman. And uh, he's in Spartan. He's a young man. He's actually only forty-two. But yeah, he's um, he, he's in Spartan. He's one of many people in this film who makes it. <laughs> he does not make oh. it, but he has a couple. He has a great line. Well, Kilmer is is. Oh yeah, I know uh, who you're talking about. Uncharacteristically talking a lot, and he cuts him off. Um, Are we gonna gossip, or you want to gossip, or you want to shoot somebody? Yeah, yeah that's what he's, which is which is hilarious because that's the one time that Kilmer actually has is actually saying more than like a sentence. Yeah, <laughs> I, gets, I love that. Cut I love that they have this big plan about what they're gonna do, where they're gonna, you know, where the sun's gonna mm-hmm. be at this time, and all that. And then he sees that they're trying to move Catherine Bell's character that night, yeah. and he calls Kristen him. Bell. He call, yeah, Catherine Bell would have been a much more attractive victim. Um, and older. 
She'd been older though. Jag, right? She and Jag better. He's like, forget it, we're doing it now, and that's when that whole exchange happens. And so they these do these f- perform a two man siege on the villain. Kilmer first questions this guy because they're starting to move her, and he's like, "Did you burn me?" I love. And that. what does he what does he say? I don't. He said, "Not that I know of," or something. He like. says, "Can't can't say no, I did. can't say I did." I love it. <laughs> it's such a good response. This guy. He should he should be happy that he went out so cool. Like he died kind of a, in a dumb way, but he had some cool lines before he died. He also distracted the authorities while Kilmer was getting his guilt, his tools out of the cargo crate too, which was a good little scene. Yeah, it was nice. I thought it'd be they cool if a, he built a tiny house and just lived in that tiny house forever. In the in the little cargo unit, right? Yeah, there's a there's a couple of restaurants I've been to that are built in out of cargo boxes how does that make you feel oh, okay. the great thing is they they actually he pulls it off pretty quickly he gets miss miss bell pretty good he gets he gets shot well, have, he gets shot they have a they have a big plan that they're going to do then they have to improvise which calmer obviously is good at because he does that he's that scene where he improvised with the security guard earlier in the film but he says the new plan is we're going to fight the girl out it's just incredible which was the original title of the film and they do. They do fight the girl out. The one guy doesn't get to continue fighting. Yeah, he's sleeping. It's so funny. So he, he gets her to a safe house-ish, safe-ish house. Mm-hmm. And she's drugged out, man. She is drugged under. And whereas I think Kilmer's amazing with the mammoth speak here, I think Kristen Bell is a little bit more of a, a tougher time. But to her to her credit, she's a good actress. And I think maybe this is some of mammoth's weakest writing is kind of her stuff. To her, to her credit, she sucks. She doesn't. She's a good actress. I hate her. She's awful. I don't know why you would hate her. She's actually great. What is she? Okay, The Good Place, she's okay on. She's she's great on The Good Place. She was good in Veronica Mars. She was good on Party Down, although she wasn't a main cast. I did not like Forgetting Sarah Marshall. She did not play a likable character in that movie, but she was fine. Okay. Oh, it's not her real personality? She was acting in that movie? It wasn't a real? Married to Dax Shepard. That's a rough choice. And those those commercials were insufferable that they were doing for a while there. Mm, Yeah. I, I will agree. We with you get there. it. You're a cute Hollywood couple. Get off my rope. So Kilmer gets her to a safe place and it kind of she he gets her out of there and they're in a room together and um, they have this conversation. It's interesting. I just think it's a little bit. She tries to use her, her, her naked to get him to do something. He's not interested, obviously. He's, he's there to get her away, uh, get her back home. And she doesn't want to go home because she tells him, and that's it. This, the, what happens is kind of interesting. Is she tells him that they, they took the security detail off for possibly on purpose. They they kind of wanted her because she was going to tell the whole world about how shitty this this guy is, like how how he sleeps yeah. around on the first lady. And so there's an implication here that they kind of wanted to get rid of her. Although I mean, just by name alone, the first lady indicates there's supposed to be a couple more. <laughs> It's true. It's a huge zoom. Um, but, you know, or basically this thing happened and then they took advantage of it. They didn't want to rescue her because it just solved the problem for them. She can't go to the press and leak details about her bad dad. Well, apparently she was a bad girl. She was a trouble girl. Party, yeah. party girl. Not that that is a, you know, punishable by death. But and then uh, she said if she goes home, then she'll she'll be ashamed. She'll be ashamed, too, for for what happened in a way. And then Kilmer says, was you know what he says to her? He says, uh, you were you were a penis pincushion up on this cargo crate. <laughs> he says some oh. wave their hats, some turn their backs. It's all the same. Okay. Would you agree with that? No, I do. I think I totally agree with him. He's like, basically, shrug it off. That's why I would have written that scene. If I wasn't David Mammoth, if I was sitting in this seat typing the script up, mm-hmm. uh, I would say, Bobby says, shrug it off. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, he says, uh, I, I would normally agree with you, Veronica Mars, but th- when they find out you didn't die boat death, 
there you're gonna have other fish to fry. You're gonna write a book, you'll be on talk shows, you know, you can have your own homemade ice cream show, you know, everything's fine. I, I wish that was there was more of that. I wish we had that in our life where somebody is dead as fuck and 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 horrible sadness. We're in mourning as a country, and then they show up alive, and it turns out we've been lied to. I want that to happen more. I want to change my opinion on the scene between them because I do like a lot of what's happening in here. I just think it feels a little bit flimsy compared to some of the other stuff in the movie. He gets her to this hangar to get her to that crate, you know, basically get her home, right? And he's he's not going to ride with her, but she's going to be in this crate. She's going to have a little sleepy time back there, mm-hmm. have some food. He's very nice to her back there. He gets her like cigarette, but then he realizes... Yep, he got duped again by Mesner. He starts cleaning his knife. And there's a, one of those trackers in his knife. And he goes, oh, shit. And he hears the wheels coming. Yeah. Macy is and, here. Yeah. Bad, bad, bad William H. Macy, who has a great line, too. Yeah. And, <laughs> I think I think it's a, I think we have a different favorite line here. There's a I bet we have the same one. There's a um, there's a shootout that happens. Kilmer gets hurt. They, they kind of get They kind of shoot him. And then he is on the floor and they grab Kristen Bell. And they're obviously going to do something. But bad. luckily, the, the the most unexpected he- heroes show up. The yeah. Swedish News Bureau. <laughs> they do. They're kind of taking it all in. That doesn't really matter to William Macy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave the H out on purpose to annoy people. Mm-hmm. He starts to kind of get her towards the car and say that Kilmer is here to hurt her. But you know that he's going to cap her. And, and Kilmer and, says, even if I was, you're coming with me. Oh, yeah, because he's shouting bef- before Kilmer gets shot. Macy's like shouting and he's like you know, saying that he he's here to hurt you and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. What does he say? Even if I was. Yeah, you're coming with me. Even if it were true, you're coming with right. me. Yeah, it's great. But he gets shot and Macy starts scurrying her away. Or he has one of his boys screw well, right. So he but, goes. But, but one of my favorite lines happens before that. Okay. Well. What Macy yells into into the chamber, into the warehouse. You, you the man, man, step away from the girl. <laughs> I love that. You, the man. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. He turns around to finish Kilmer, a wounded Kilmer often, but he just sees a puddle of blood. Kilmer has John Wicked it away from that. Were you happy to see one of your favorites Sir in this Dep- movie? One of your favorite performers of all time in this movie. Sir Dippenstick? That's right. <laughs> or Senor Dippenstick. Yeah, Senor Dippenstick's stunt doubling for Kilmer in this movie. <laughs> playing, his, playing his blood? Yeah. Oh, he, I know. Yeah, that that's an amazing... Yeah, he's still working. I wonder how his COVID's been. Senor Dippenstick. So, uh... Macy starts to get, he's pissed because he didn't kill Kilmer when he could. And uh, he starts shouting into the, you know, the hangar. And he says, it's like, it could have been fine. You could have come home, but you had to go. You had to put on your thinking cap. I love it. That's the line. <laughs> but he shouts it. That's the best. Too, when, he shouts I had a teacher. Thinking I had a teacher in middle school that would constantly tell us to put on our thinking caps. And it of course, infuriated, I, I used to hear it I, infuriated me. I used to hear that too when I was a kid. I got in fights with her. I was like, I'm always thinking. I always have my thinking cap on. She knew that wasn't true. I said, I also have my fireman's cap on. Do you, you think it was funny when Kilmer, when uh, Mace said, you had to put your thinking cap on, and he, they cut the Kilmer, and he had one of those hats with the two beers and straws going into his uh, mouth. <laughs> Oh, did I miss here? Yeah. It's these things, two princes, real quick. Uh, everything's fine. Mill- William Macy's okay. He doesn't, nothing happens to him. <laughs> His throat is not slit. That's a great, that's great. He is, he gets, he gets taken. And he, that turtleneck would have come in handy right there. <laughs> yeah. Knife proof turtleneck would have been quite handy. Yeah. But he left the hotel in Dubai without one. Yeah. Fucked up. But, you know, then they get the, um, oh, another thing is the, 
William H. Macy hands off Kristen Bell to That's his right. cohort. Right. But you don't realize that it is the girl, the 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 woman that Kilmer's been talking to uh, throughout the movie, and she is on Kilmer's side. And she is rewarded for her loyalty to Kilmer. She gets super shot in the back and super dies in a weird, <laughs> contorted way on Val Kilmer. Yep. He grabs her up because they're both really hurt. They're both shot. He, her last her last line of dialogue is so great. It's like, every, did we get the girl? No, she's like, everything worked out just right. The great thing is he does destroy William H. Macy. His girlfriend, friend the girl, is destroyed. Christian Bell does ride with the Swedish news bureau away. A nice little coda happens to tell us that. They wheels up without Kilmer. Oh, yeah. Well, it's hauling ass. He can't get on. And honestly, he doesn't want. He doesn't want. He knows once he's back in in society, he's going to be taken off. He sort. He sort of wants. But instead, he's able to disappear into England. Not quite. He's got a beard. Yeah. At the end of the movie, he decides to revert to a saint's his saint character and do a half-ass disguise. <laughs> that sucks. I think that's. I think that's meant to not be a disguise. I know, but I think it is. A, it is a disguise, even if it's so, supposed to represent real hair. It's fake hair. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was watching this movie, and the whole time I was thinking it would look better if he had some facial hair. They're watching a report about how she, the the daughter, on these TV screens in a store window, him and this random stranger and you see the news report and the guy turns around up oh, time to head home and kilmer says lucky you lucky man lucky and you. um and uh he then he trots off and then the guy is walking away he's like because i i'm saying that i would love to go back to mike's feeding seat he says it kind of loud as the guy's <laughs> walking away it's my home away from i'm home, excommunicated you know? from the military i'm on the run finally gets the gift of gas i used to be john here. and bobby and now i'm neither <laughs> Hey, uh, I was uh, shot in the chest, but now I'm walking perfect. I'm fine. If anybody's wondering, yeah, my knife was bugged. <laughs> they bugged my knife. Yeah, that's how they found me. Well, that, that's the best. He's in the bathroom and is flat peeing, and he peels back the layer on his wee wee, and there's a fucking another tracking device. You're suggesting he's uncircumcised. Yeah, is that yeah. Why he's yeah. got a bug in his dick. <laughs> well. <laughs> Yeah, I think we nailed it. Do you think anybody would ever accuse us of putting our thinking cap when we do these these podcasts? <laughs> I like how you used to get mad about it. What are you talking about? <laughs> the thinking cap. <laughs> I, I, I was infuriated. I was inf- I was literally infuriated when they would say that. It to me, it just yeah. felt so demeaning. As a, I was like a you know eleven, and I was insulted that this lady thought we only thought when when we were told to think. How dare you, ma'am? Do you think it was um, when he's holding the his? his um, trainee at the end, the woman. And he says to her, he's like, put on your, please don't die cap. And she's like, I didn't bring it. He's like, Oh fuck. (laughs) See you later. Uh, It's so fucking annoying. I was in middle school and she would say that. And I'd look up for my illustration of what I think a fart would look like. (laughs) I imagine it was cloud based. (laughs) No, uh... this was pre-internet. So I was, I was actually on paper. (laughs) Hey, look, you're in what looks like a hangar and mm-hmm. echoing through the, the riveted steel is a whirring sound. And sure enough, in the far corner, uh, under shady fluorescence is a tattoo artist. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he is the Spartan artiste du jour. Mm-hmm. He looks at you with, with that weird eye and says, gray man, what do you say? What do you want from Spartan on your torse? I get a constellation on me, on my back. Okay. Yeah, stars. Constellation. You know what those, you know what those are. Mm-hmm. Cassiopeia. When you can't poo. Is that, is that a constellation, Cassiopeia? It's, uh, yeah. Because Kilmer, Kilmer mentions it in this, and he says, calls it its girlfriend. Okay. So I would have a, the Cassiopeia on my back, and then I'd have an arrow pointing to it. It says, Kilmer's Bay. 
What do you think? You, it's ador- it's it, adorable. It is a constellation, yeah. right? I'm not wrong. I would uh, I would have on my front chest, mm-hmm. as as opposed to the back chest, I would have that's a scarecrow. That scarecrow kind of of course you got to get him on there somehow uh, propped up against the side of of the porch. Uh, and he's wearing a T-shirt that says, I was in Spartan, and all I got was this gaping chest wound. <laughs> I like how they show that the pitchfork buried in him. Well, the, the, like, because Kilmer used the pitchfork to, to toss yeah, him, out. him out. Yeah, yeah, pumped him out. And he later, Kilmer later puppeteered him. He got turned into a puppet in Mindhunter. That's, well, wasn't it, was it him that got turned into it, or was it Slater? Now, Slater gets... Glass death. Uh, Glass. Yeah, he gets frozen and broken. Yeah. Kilmer gets puppeted. I think it'd be great if he just kept doing that scarecrow move whenever there was like trouble. You know, <laughs> William H Macy's they're they're trying to run him down in the car, and all of a sudden he shoots the scarecrow to the right, and they follow it. Oldest trick in the book. All right, so you have been given the financing to create your own Spartan-related biz. Money's in escrow. You got you can do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> wow, this is a dream come true for me. Mm-hmm. A Spartan business. I've got an escape room. Oh, no shit. <laughs> um, and so you guys are in this room and you're trying to solve some shit. They give you these crazy puzzles and you guys are in there and it's fucking, it's near impossible to solve. I, I, the hardest mm-hmm. cryptographers and cryptozoologists and all the crypto crack have kept come up and joined forces to make this really figure hard to crack. Codex mm-hmm. and out, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and this room is fucking shaking. It's trying to get you disoriented. And then you realize like about three weeks after you, that you're on a cargo crate at sea <laughs> and you have been super trafficked. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. They, and you get, you get the blonde haircut. Oh man. I, you know, one could dream. Yeah. You could, yeah. Give you, you know, I think, I think we would treat you. My shtick is a little different than everybody else's. So what I do is, uh, I, I shtick. I, I, I body paint. I, I do I do spray air airbrush. I airbrush. You need to drink some. You need to drink some water. It's, you keep saying stick wrong. I naked them out and I and I and I shoot uh, spray. You know some spray paint. I, I do that airbrush paint like the, those like sure. those nerdy artists do on themselves. Like the girls that'll sexy girls would do like themselves up as mystique. Sex them up. You know. Kind of like how I spray painted the turtle at the start. Of right. My, with my tag. Yeah. And then uh, I would make them uh, so like let's say let's say this escape room is filled with three men and one woman. So I'd spray naked that woman to look like Gilligan. I'd spray men into looking like the ginger Marianne, and then Mrs. Uh, Honeybog. What's her? What's it? Oh, I think you say Doubtfire. Um, what's her name? Mrs. Uh, what Preston Howell the third? Mrs. Howell. Yep. Yeah, I'd spray paint like ident like so it looked like little Gilligan naked Gilligans. Then they would be sent off into their drug infused. Uh, no skipper, no professor. Well, I, I I chose an odd number. Can you do a double paint on someone? Paint front, like front have, skipper yeah, like, back. Yeah, like little. It's like man, Gilligan's got a weird camel camel toe. Uh, it looks like somebody's buttock. Bob Denver, played by Bob Denver Gilligan. Oh my god, he did we'll zoom in. Not the singer, not the singer. No, Bob Denver dead. Everybody's dead. Both Denvers have passed away. Things to do in Denver when you're dead. Bob, John. Yeah. So, what do you business? Well, I would produce a little a stuffed set of uh, like a pillows, like Adorable. a the stuffed set of lips, but a pillow, you know, like pillows that are shaped as lips. I'm listening. Oh, you want more? You do, you can't just assume what I'm talking about. Okay, so I would get they, I would sell these to thieves, and so it's a little it's a little pillow that for their little um, lockpick, their little lockpick tool, mm-hmm. and so if 
they ever find if like before they would set this pillow by the door underneath the knob and so just in case they ever found as they were trying to pick the lock that the doorknob was it was open there was no lock and they dropped their tool because that's super cool to do the little the little pillow underneath would catch the would kind of kiss it you know in a way goodbye <laughs> you know instead of it just like clanking on the ground it's 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 two things it would, here, here's how this is why you do it one it protects the sound like so you're not waking people up right in the house with a clattering lockpick right but two it's like that's your that's your buddy that you've had for many times and you're just tossing it away it's one final goodbye it's a little pillow kiss there for him that would suck though if they were invading the house of a bunch of pillow listeners i got away with it until that pillow hit the ground you know (laughs) yeah that's true they have really good hearing i'm just saying that you could lay that pillow you just kind of lie it down on the ground it's very sweetly cool do you think maybe some uh thieves might get a little too um Attached to those pillowy lips, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping will happen. Yeah, that's 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 a market, secondary market. A little French kiss again we mentioned. And if they caught on and the general public wanted to buy them, I'd say no. I'd say prove to me you're a thief. Yeah. I'm only selling these to criminals and burglars. And then they steal your heart. I think I can make a fortune on this. Look. Wait, can we pause? Let's just pause allow, allow those listeners to stop laughing. Just give it a minute, Nick. Hold, please. Give them time to recover. You've been given the financing to do your own sequel to Spartan. Hold. <laughs> Stand two, Justin. Stand two. <laughs> which they'll never yeah. they'll never make based on that fucking miniseries. <laughs> yeah, so you've been given the funds, man. You can green light your own sequel to this dog. What would you do? What would your sequel to Spartan be? That's a good question. So Kilmer is ha- having to lay low. Mm. Sobieski. Uh, he is in England, off the yeah. grid, off the grid, just like rocking it out there off the grid, and he is <laughs> laying low. Mm-hmm. And uh, he is working at a library. There's no place you could better lay low. Plus, you can keep an eye on information, kind of see what's coming and going. You know, learn a little bit of literature, all that shit. So he's there. He and lo and behold, he strikes a r- relationship with the head librarian offers him a little part-time work. Oh, but wow. as is the case with operatives, your past starts creeping in. Mm-hmm. They don't come after him. No. But some he starts to treat this job like the old job. And so somebody's in there maybe talking on their cell phone a little loud, and he will pull that cell phone out of their hand and tell them, you need to set that motherfucker to shh in the library. He will shh. You need to set that motherfucker to shh. Does he overdo it in that in the sequel yeah. too? Does he overdo the delivery? Yeah. Now we find out why the film is called Spartan, which I never remembered about the movie. Where Vanessa uh, Bell, <laughs> where I wish it was good old. You, you're thinking of Veronica Bell, and then you went to Vanessa think, Bell, instead. and then I'm thinking of Vanessa Hudgens, and I'm thinking of Jamie yeah. Bell, and then so Marsha Bell is like she's um she tells Val Kilmer the story about the Spartans and they send one man in to solve it. And I completely forgot that little shitty explanation of why the movie's called this. All right. What's your sequel? I think that there's one, only one character that I think most people would want to, besides Kilmer, I wouldn't do a traditional sequel. He'd be name checked in the sequel. Cool. Right. But I'd follow the one character. I think that everybody loves beside Kilmer in this character that also makes it, it doesn't die is uh Kristen Bell's boyfriend. <laughs> 
And so the whole movie about how he's putting his life back, trying to get a new girlfriend, you know, and graduate from college. You know, forget about Kristen Bell. Forget about her hair drama. Forget about that he left a note that was bad mouthing her. You know, and just kind of move on with his life. You know, maybe he he was going to be in politics, but he he saw like how this has all been handled. He changes gear, and he's going to be um I don't know what what do you like a mathematician? Sure. I mean, I don't want to give too much away. Okay. So that's it. Do, I mean, well, just be, he's just living his life. Does he, why does he name check Kilmer? Well, you have to kind of link it to the first yeah, yeah. film. I mean, other than the title. Yeah, he's like, one day a guy bothered me at my apartment. Well, that's why it's called Spartan Junior. He's <laughs> <laughs> got none of the skills or tough talk, yeah. but it is connected to that first film. And we follow the boyfriend. I think it, and Mamet, I mean, he would kill it. Yeah. I think it'd be cool if you did a sequel to Spartan and it was called Spartan and it's just a static shot of an underdecorated room. Yeah. It's pretty good. So look, man. Hey, hey, hey hold, hold, please. Let's let him laugh. Let's let him calm down a little bit, okay? Um, the film has ended. That awful music score has ended. Awful. You hate hated it. it. And uh, you got you got so many problems with the music lately in the show, the movies that we. I got heard. my eyes open and my ears open. I'm a, I'm a I'm an empty vessel for the truth. Um, what a what, little, little tacked on scene? What happens? I mean, mine for sure. The the scene would be, they I would be trying to set the sequel up. So we would zoom into a kind of apartment with like a Jane's addiction poster on the wall. Nothing shocking. Um, probably. Yeah. Nothing shocking. Is that the one with the two twin, yeah. the twin naked? Yeah. yeah that's on there. Maybe they, their breasts. Would be I mean, it could up. be real de habitual. Nah, I wouldn't go that far. That's too much color. You got to keep it black and white a little bit the, you know, in, in, in this guy's room, you have like maybe a poster of Christy Turlington. Nice. On his wall. Ed, Ed Burns is lady. And, uh, you know, he's putting away clothes. He just came back from the laundry, doing laundry. He's folding clothes, putting them in the drawer as Mammoth fades out. He's teasing the sequel. You know what I'm saying? Spartan Jr. 2006. What do you think? How much time do you need? <laughs> How much time do the listeners need to recover? <laughs> I just feel like I'm punishing them at this point. Their bellies must yeah. hurt. You know? <laughs> From eating. So mine is uh, an introspective uh, Kilmer. And he's sitting in his flat in England. And he's looking at like photos of Derek Luke. And of Stephen Culp, Saeed Tamauchi, and of the the the, the Latina soldier, Tia Texada. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean William H Macy, the traffickers, um, <laughs> the convicts, the Australian kick man, um, uh, the, uh, yeah, the, yeah, the- uh, uh, Johnny Messner. You know, he's looking at all their faces, and then he and he looks at a picture of the of Chris and Bell alive. Good trade. That's his last word. Good trade. (laughs) (laughs) Fair trade. Good work. Glad we did it. You're describing like the plot of um, (laughs) Saving Private Ryan. (laughs) Earn this. Yeah. Oops. And then he's got a picture of his. He's got a picture of the bullet hole wound on his chest. He's got a picture picture of the knife wound. And he looks at her. Fair. Like I made a gigantic mistake, and he calls up a local necromancer. <laughs> They're in the book, uh, and then he looks, and then he looks at a current picture of Christian Bell's character sucking an alley dick. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Good trade. <laughs> <laughs> You've insert, inserted into the running time of Spartan, sir. What shape yeah. does your performance take? What character would I be, or what? Yeah. I am super rich. 
And I'm a huge fan of the government and espionage and spycraft. Tradecraft is, as Jessica, so as Jessica Chastain would say, tradecraft. But I'm, I'm like, I read all the spy novels. I read all the military books. I'm a huge geek about the shit these operatives sure, do, right? Yeah. So, man, I've become a, I, I like, I can get you weapons. I can get you fake IDs. I can get you yeah. into a country. I can get you out of the country. I can do it all. I've, I've used my resources to set that shit up. Right. And I'm just waiting for Kilmer's character to call me with something he needs. And I would help him in a heartbeat, except I got another phone call and the blonde girl I ordered is, lo is lost. <laughs> Do you have a name? I kill myself. Um, I'd be the scarecrow. And the day, the time, the date, the weather is just right that I come to life. This is so cool. I start to, I'm like, where am I? What's happening? What is this place? I'm sitting down and I see Kilmer frantically scrambling. <laughs> I don't understand. This is such a strange. And I'm like, you hear my thoughts, of yeah. course. And I'm trying to form words, you know. Mm -hmm. And then I see Kilmer starting to disrobe and I'm like, whoa, you know, I just got here. You know what I'm talking <laughs> I'm, about? I'm sentient for 13 seconds. Hold your horses. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, please give me a, and then Kilmer starts to put his clothes on me. And I'm like, this is like a Jesus move. You know, this man is giving me his clothes. Yeah. And I'm trying to thank him. Like, I can't really move my mouth. I'm just kind of making straw type noises, <laughs> which Kilmer thinks is this the wind or some yeah. shit yeah this man is clothing me you know this what a welcome what, what a welcome get welcome gift to the to the earth what a beautiful and then he sticks a pitchfork in me <laughs> he, he javelins me into the sky and i get gut shot <laughs> by a weapon that i don't understand <laughs> and i'm bleeding out straw yeah your first sensation is golden light of, of being alive and your second sensation is stabbing and gunshot. And my my first and last words that I actually do scream out are, what the? Or whatever. John, what does John Grice say? Oh, my God. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I get the Grice cry. Over yeah. I, I, I got introduced to the nightmare world of earth yeah well the fighting so the farmer was weird that built him and he had you know he made the, a very specific scarecrow mm -hmm. you know there's some scarecrows that are meant to stand in a field and scare crows and there are others that are meant to be kind of like a like a general mm -hmm. store curiosity and then he right. had made a very specific one which was a scarecrow Derek luke's autograph seeker <laughs> and so as you as as your essence fades out what is humpled and crumpled on the lawn in front of you Mm -hmm. a, a non-autograph signing de version of Derek Lou. You said humble? Yeah, he's humbled and crumpled. No need to check for a pulse. Kilmer did the math on that on that uh, <laughs> that pose. He was yeah. He's kind of a bad luck in this. You know, you got Tia Texada, Derek Luke, the Scarecrow. Anybody that gets near him, pretty much is is DOA. I think there's probably an allegory that he is the he's the the Grim Reaper walking through this movie. I mean, the Chinaman, Kilmer leaves his pad. He's untouched. He trips over trips over his cat and dies everywhere. Is it, you keep saying the Chinaman. Is that what Kilmer calls yeah, this yeah. guy? Yeah, that's what his nickname is. Because he, he's the only man who he's come to Jesus with or some stupid saying. He's the guy that wants, he wants to get him into the tall corn. Right. right? That's the, right. the same guy yeah. again. He's kind of the, um, to tie it back to the last movie and then to the actor of the last movie, he's kind of Robert Forrester 
and Better Call Saul. That's his character in this. Sort yeah. of. He produces he produces the fake IDs and gets you where you need to go. I think it'd be so cool if he misunderstood it and he just got him an autographed picture of Courtney Gaines because he's the tall corn. <laughs> Courtney Gaines. You follow him on Twitter? I don't think he's on. So look, you're floating at sea. You've accumulated all this debris from various films and gathered them on your floating sensation. And you have detritus from so many films. And what do you decide yeah. to take from Spartan? Such a good question, Nick. I guess I'd take the photo booth pictures of this the of the secret agent that you know and and Ray, you know, and Kristen Bell's character when she was a kid. And they took these little one of those kind of those cheap photo booth yeah. pictures and they're all still together. There's like four of them or five of them together in a lock locket box. I take yeah. the locket box to your bank. It meant so much to both of the, those characters. Oh. And take it to my island and immediately start a fire. Oh, okay. Yeah. Except for my bank. No. Okay, just checking to see if you had a smash bank. No. I need a little kindling, you okay, know what I'm saying? Yeah. I need something to start that scarecrow up and light you light you light a fire with, you yeah, know what yeah. I'm saying? Because you know he'd be coming too. Yeah. <laughs> could, or you could have taken some of the wood from the movie. Start yeah. No, no. Yeah, photo booth kindling. Yeah, that's, that's, that's good. You know what I'm putting on my island. You know what I'm putting you know what I'm putting on my island. Are you gonna edit it so you leave a little pause there? For them to recover because <laughs> you did talk kind of quickly after i went well, the podcast apps allow you to zoom back 15 seconds so they can just keep doing yeah. that they can keep reliving the moment yeah. go ahead i'm sorry interrupt what do you me. think i'm taking to my island there's a lot of dead bodies in this thing i don't, I don't know what that's supposed to mean there's Derek luke william h macy i so dig this you're walking around on my island and you and you bump into something weird aside from you <laughs> It's the island from this movie. <laughs> I took the island from an island. <laughs> oh, that's it's, awesome. It's it's a what do you call an island within an island? That's amazing. It's like a Island Junior. <laughs> I am gonna it's gonna be an oasis of sorts. So you're walking, you're like, Oh, I'm dry, I'm wet, and now I'm dry again. Now I'm wet. You know? It's sort of like the sanctum. It's sort of like, you know, it's where I do my training. Ooh, sanctum, that'd be a good one to do. <laughs> Do you have the you have the balls to do that movie, Nick? Sanctum. Do you have the oh stuff? god? I thought, I thought you had a mistake. I, I, I thought you were talking about Cameron's famous movie. I am talking about that movie. He produced it, right? Oh, I'm talking about the one with the iceberg. Sank. <laughs> would, would that film have been so successful? I mean, if it's called he... Sanctum. <laughs> Isn't didn't he produce Sanctum, Cameron? I don't. What what is Sanctum? It sounds familiar. It's like it's either a documentary or a, it's a narrative movie that no one saw about like a cave, deep sea divers and a cave, or, you know, cave divers. I think. Oh my god, you're right. And and, and he did. What is it though? Is it is it a narrative movie? You know, who's in? Oh it? my god, you're gonna love this. Oh, you're gonna love it. Oh my god, you want to talk about? It's got the two almost fields, like the two most almost. Who? It's got Richard Roxburgh and Ian Gruffield. <laughs> it's got the two most almost. <laughs> Those guys could not be more almost. It's like our it's like it's our podcast of movies, Sanctum, you know. <laughs> you want to hear something fucking weird? What? Profitable. Was it really? Profitable movie, Sanctum. Who did it? Give me some stats on well, it. Well, the guy, the it's, guy that directs his name, Alistair Grierson, Grierson, but it cost thirty. It made one hundred and nine. 
We're, wow, it's weird. You know, it's it's celebrating this year, this 10-year anniversary of no one ever hearing of it. I mean, if it made that much money, that means it must have made a lot of money overseas. It, it was not a hit here. I think over. I, mean, I think overseas. Released here. I think overseas they changed the name to Titanic Avatar. <laughs> you know what's funny? It's so rare. I mean, I I know my movie people pretty well. I know th- the two names I mentioned are the only people I've literally ever heard of in this movie. Well, that's not true. You haven't heard of Allison Cratchley before. You tell me you don't know her. <laughs> Dan Wiley, you're not a fan. Rise Wakefield, you're not. Or Reese Wakefield, you don't know. Is it a is it a cool movie? Sanctum. They're in a cave. There's water. There has to be monsters, right? What's the tagline? Almost, almost. You can't believe you're watching. The only way out it's is down. Movie. The only way out is down. I mean, you can't. It's based on a true story, so I imagine there's not water. There's a lot of probably some danger and death. But how do you know it's based on a true story? I just was reading about it a little bit. Oh yeah, no, no. This, there is. It's it's loosely based. They they go mm-hmm. there in. They find like an unidentified W or World War II Japanese tank that had collapsed to the surface. Unfortunately, the hole in the middle of the roof where the tank fell is the only opening they are able to climb out. And there's a werewolf. <laughs> it's a deep sea werewolf. <laughs> Fucking weird. Ask me about my sequel idea real quick. Let's on hear it. What's your Sanctum Junior? You're going to need a fucking laugh track. Poor Derek Luke was humpled and crumpled and gruffled. <laughs> In this life I pride myself on letting the act speak for themselves Finding it hard to believe that the world can turn on a dime I'm caught in traffic, I have to keep on moving I'm caught in traffic, and if I stop it may all change Follow the breadcrumbs to the source and see innocence falter The rules are different when you look less like you and more like me Cautionary tale when the lights are on my tail. Like 